Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. I am here with Coach Matt Bakulis from Augustana uh, University or College? Augustana University, right? University. University yep, that's right. I, I always South get Dakota. the two confused. So uh, There's two of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you're both the Vikings. So, uh Meh. Coach Bakulis comes to us uh, from Augustana University. Uh, he has been there since 2013. Before that, he spent time at St. Olaf College and spent time as the, at the University of Buffalo as a uh, four-time letter winner there. So, Coach, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Tony. I'm doing well, Coach. It's a uh, great opportunity, and thank you for having me. For sure. I'm glad to, glad to sit down and talk to you finally. We've, we've had a couple kind of run-ins over Twitter and, and through some – some emails, but never actually gotten to, to talk to you, uh, quote unquote, face to face. So this is nice. Yeah, for sure. It's a blessing, yeah. man. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so first question I've got for you, and, and this is one I ask everybody, uh, you've been coaching for a while now, part of some really, you know, great teams and some good offenses. Talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line played a part in the success of those offenses and those teams. You know, I'd it's very cliche when, when coaches sit down and talk about if you can't block it, you can't do it. But at the end of the day, it's the root of everything that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have the best skill players that you want. Uh, you can take a, a, a wide, you can take wide receivers off the field. They call it wing T and add more running backs. You could take uh, running backs off the field and add more wide receivers. They call it air raid. Uh, but you notice that in all these offenses that if you want to change what personnel you have, you always got five offensive linemen. Right. And I think at the root of it, uh, you have to look at the opportunity and say, these are the guys that are going to get it done for the other people. And so when you sit there and look at it, for us, I mean, we've been pretty successful at Augustana. Uh, we've had a, a Harlan Hill finalist uh, in 2015 and 16. We've been a playoff participant in 15 and, and this past year. Um, we've had a lot of success as an offense, but I wouldn't, and our offensive coordinator will tell you, and, and those skill players who've been record-setting, uh, career record-setting holders in the NSIC for receiving yards, passing yards, total offense, um, points. I mean, you name it. Right. Um, they always throw it back to the offensive line, and they understand where their uh, biscuit is buttered if you under, <laughs> if, awesome. if you go with that. And that's uh, – I can say that I work with a great staff that puts the emphasis on the O-line, and then we also recruit some great kids that understand the importance and investment and – part that they play right. in the success of our offense so it's we've been really successful and you know it's it's the guys up front that lead the way but you know the skill players do a great job and it, it takes a it takes a family you know and a lot of people say it takes a village 
uh, right. to raise somebody. I think it takes a, uh, I think, I think it takes a family for an offense to be successful um, regardless of what scheme you run, because if everybody's worried about getting fed, then everyone's going to go hungry. Right. But if you really look at, you know, no one cares who gets the recognition and no one cares who's got the stats, you really see people start to explode and, and, and bring it onto the scene. But our offensive line has been amazing. And then at, at the root of it, uh, they've been the one doing the, putting their knuckles in the dirt and making things happen so that other people can be successful. And that's, it's that selflessness that I think has really set the tone for our offense when, we, when we've been really successful and why we've been successful. Right. And that's awesome. And, and, you know, a couple, you know, you made a great point in there that, that you guys, your staff and your team gives that recognition to that, to the offensive line, because, you know, we're, we're so used to, you know, only being recognized when we mess up that, you know, it's, it's kind of refreshing to hear that, you know, there's a program out there and a, a staff out there that gives that recognition to, uh, to the O-line when, you know, because that, 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 that quarterback that throws for 3,500 yards and that running back that rushes for 1,500 yards, you know, it starts somewhere. And, and while they're doing a lot of it, yes, it, it, it does start, you know, from, from the ball out. And, and that's a, uh, you know, that's big on the offensive line. Oh yeah. It's a hundred percent. And, and I think that that's when, when we really break it down and you start looking at, you know, as an offensive line coach, as we talk about, it's our job taking care of level one and level two. Mm-hmm. But as much as I want to sit there and throw it on my guys for a long touchdown play, I needed that running back to have the juice and the speed to make it go 60 yards. Right. I needed that wide receiver. And like we, as much as we want to throw it on us is that we're doing a great job. We send it back to our wide receivers too and say, listen, when we get those 60, 70 yard touchdowns, it's because wide receivers are finishing their blocks right. on level three defenders all the way downfield. And so when you've got that orchestra, that, that concert happening together as a, as an offense and everybody's blocking for everybody when they may not have the ball, that's when the real magic happens. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Any offense, you know, and that's as much as the offensive line may be like the percussion, man, you've got, you got so many other things happening around you and it, it takes everybody for all of us to be successful. And it's great that I get to coach those guys, but it's really cool watching the entire offense sing together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing, there's nothing better kind of than, than you, when, like you said, you get those long runs or those, those real, clock eating drives that end in touchdowns and, and oh, yeah. you get the you get the entire not only the entire offense celebrating but the entire team team celebrating as the offense comes off the field so those are those are really awesome times for sure oh it's special and i and what's really cool is when you put such a great emphasis on maybe ball catchers or skill players that may not do the dirty work all the time because mm-hmm. let's be honest you know at lake forest you got guys that are you, know, you may not say hey this guy is meant to catch the ball. He ain't meant to block all the time. And then all of a sudden he throws a block and then he's going, Hey coach, coach Tony, look at that. You see that? I got that block, you know, and it's the same way with us. You know, there's some guys we recruit that, Hey, we didn't recruit him because he blocked really well on the edge. It's because he's a really, he's a, he's a dangerous skill threat. Right. And so for us, I think those guys even buy in when they kind of get accepted into the cult of the offensive line play, the down and dirty dogs that, you know, that they can go after and say, hey, man, I, I'm in there with you. I just maybe sometimes get to catch a ball and I got fantasy stats. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that's 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 a great point you make right there. Absolutely. Um, you know, kind of the, the first question I've got for and you talked a little bit and, and obviously already listening to you, I can tell you're you're passionate about about coaching. Um, but looking at your at your bio, you know, the, the one of the things I noticed was um, you got injured your senior year and, 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 you know, only played four games and, and missed the rest of your senior year. 
was coaching something that kind of came in the back of your mind a- after that injury happened or maybe even before that injury and 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 how did you how did you sort of handle the rest of your senior year a- after getting hurt so in in all honesty coach Schiffman, when i uh when i was at the university of buffalo uh, in the mac conference uh i played there for 5 years i was always kind of a role player i was never like that feature guy i was never a starter mm-hmm. uh, and it took a i would say this especially real quick is like all of us have somebody that's always had that kind of life-changing mentorship that's maybe pushed you to a point where you didn't think you could go. And then all of a sudden, like they've really meant a lot to you. And now right. that's shaped the way. Uh, when I was in college, I had a coach by the name of Alan Mogridge. Um, in college, I actually had four offensive line coaches in five years. Oh my goodness. And coach Mogridge was actually the longest tenured offensive line coach that I had. I had him for two seasons. And, you know, I was recruited as a tackle. I got moved into guard. And then my senior year, going into my senior year, my offensive line coach, another great mentor for me, Aaron Stam, uh, who was an assistant coach in Nebraska for the long days with my head coach, Turner Gill, um, had said, hey, I want you to move to center. And I said, whatever's going to help the team. And that's where, I, that's where I really felt my role was helping the University of Buffalo. Right. But the four years prior, I was a knucklehead. You know, I was in, <laughs> I enjoyed college. I enjoyed being away from, you know, 13 hours away from Chicago, where I am from originally. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I finally woke up because of Coach Mogridge giving me that tough love. And, you know, the day he left me going and exiting my junior year and put a hat in my locker and said, this is what hard work looks like. Don't ever forget it. You know, that stuck with me. And from that point on, I kind of focused and finished and got myself into a starting role. Um, I got to play against some great people, um, got to help and add value to a team. I mean, we had won a MAC championship the year before, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of success that was happening. But I was on the sidelines, and I was hell, I was happy just being a guy. I was always good enough that if I just gave my C performance, that I could go play and get things done. But it wasn't until I fully committed and matured that I could help that team. And I did that in 2019 after Mo left and coach uh, Stan took me the next way. And I started and it was great. We, you know, we, we opened up against the uh, UTEP minors. Um, then we played UCF and Pitt. Um, and those were hard challenges for Mac schools, but we, we hung in there and played well and graded well and did well against some guys that got drafted. Right. Then we go into Temple, the fourth game of my senior year. First play, we'll run an outside zone lead. Like basically like uh, back on support, we called it 97 search. And I was running wide zone left and the fullback was inserting for the first backer in the box. I had the second backer in the box and I got to him, back cut back and I was about to plant the linebacker and rolled over my ankle and it snapped. I spiral fractured my fibula on ESPN. My, My family was all watching it on ESPN game plan. Uh, and I had even my girlfriend at the time and all my friends were all watching it at a sports bar in Buffalo. And they're like, where did Baku go? <laughs> the game just started. He, and right. they're like, he's out first play. Um, and so at that point, you know, I, I had to have two surgeries to correct it. It was a, an eight inch vertical spiral of my fibula and it wasn't a clean break. The doctor said it had it been a clean break. It would have been better, but they couldn't set it right the first time. And so they would go back in and, it was a very trying time for me and I yeah. loved the game of football. I'd always thought about, Hey, you know, I've had some great coaches in my career. I've had some coaches that I would not necessarily would say they were great coaches, but I definitely learned from them what not to do, what to do. Right. Um, 
and I'd always wanted to get into coaching, but I didn't know what level, you know, initially I thought high school. And then as I started to really enjoy, I started in college and that's where I really kind of gravitated to. But after my senior year, I got hurt. I just sat there and said, you know what? I'm going to be there for the team. I started to rally around my, my, my now the new starter, but my backup and he was great and he flourished and he was awesome. Uh, and you know, I was done and I was really upset. I was hurt. I right. it was a dark place, you know, to be able to finally say you're a knucklehead from your freshman year until your redshirt junior year. And then all of a sudden you finally wake up and do the things right. Just like coaches tell you, you do the right things. You're going to class. You're not, you're not going and having suds at 12 o'clock at night. You're, <laughs> you're doing the right stuff. Right. And you're staying for summer conditioning. You're working hard with the guys. And then you finally did it and it was taken away. Right. And so it put a things, a lot of things in perspective. And so using that experience that I had with four coaches in five years at, at the university of Buffalo, and I wouldn't change it for all the gold in Fort Knox because it made me who I am today. Right. I needed those tribulations, that opportunity to mature, that, that thing for me to mold who coach McCoolis is. And so when I got done, I was just like, I got hurt. And, you know, I, like I said, supported my team. We went through the season. I had originally talked to my offensive line coach about getting into coaching, but I didn't think I was going to go anywhere because most guys that get into the GA, I wasn't going to get drafted. Uh, at most, if I, anything, I, if I would have finished my senior year, I probably would have got a cup of coffee with a team and they would have said, no, thanks. And I could have walked out. Right. <laughs> but I knew the NFL wasn't realistic, but I knew I wanted to influence lives like I had been influenced. So I wanted to get into coaching and, you know, um, Jerry Oshesky was at uh, St. Old College in Minnesota was a D3 school and, he had actually been on staff with my offensive line coach when my offensive line coach in college was a graduate assistant at Minnesota State Mankato. <laughs> and, uh, the world is small. And he yeah. said, Hey, he said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I think I'm going to let go of my offensive line guy. Do you know anybody? And, you know, I'm here today. I've never worked for another offense or I've never worked for another head coach. And I've been working for him for 10 years now. And, um, since I graduated in 2010 and it's right. been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ride. We were at St. Ole for three years, went 21 and nine winning with a lot of high academic kids in a very competitive conference, very, very competitive and legacy driven conference. And, you know, when he got this job at Augie, it was the first one he took with him. And, you know, it was just crazy to see that I sit there and watch my growth and my family's growth. And now all of a sudden I got hired on January 3rd, 2013. And my son's born January 10th, 2013, you know, like seven right. days later, I'm getting, I'm getting hired at a D2 school and I got a baby on the way. And now I've got three beautiful babies and I've been married going on. This will be my sixth year with my wife. And it's been phenomenal and yeah. it's been a wild ride, but I knew I wanted to get to coaching and I used the experience that I had from good coaches and bad coaches alike, always using it as a positive to drive who I am today and, and how I treat how do I coach and how do I get my players to be successful? Right. That's awesome. And, and, and the, you know, the big point there, especially for any, any young coaches listening or anybody listening at all is, is while you, us as coaches, while we, we do build from the great coaches we've had and, and, and we take those, those really good lessons from, from the good coaches, we take, we take from the bad coaches as well. And, and, and you know, it, while it might not be things to, implement or how to act it's it's definitely you know i'm not going to do that or i'm not going to treat my players like this I, so so you know take 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 from the good and from the bad because 
all of those things are going to m- help mold you into the coach that you are today, and and um, and that's awesome. That's 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 fantastic. That's you know, it's often it's interesting how sometimes we kind of find the path to to w- where we are now and, and to to being coaches, and and you know, I'm sure um, there are a lot of other coaches that kind of had that same path as you. Uh, you know, and with with uh, you know, unfortunately getting injured and and just saying done with this game yet you know and, and, and sticking with it so that's awesome well and it's and like you said Chris I mean at the end of the day just because you were a good offensive lineman in college doesn't mean you're going to be a good offensive line coach right exactly or a good coach in college and I think I think a lot of the times we get afflicted that just because a guy was really successful in college means he's going to be really great in the future because at the end of the day I'm going to be 100% honest like what we do as a, as coaches is useless even right. in the days or even what we do it's our job
Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of hog football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our hog football chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome.